This is The Think Tank with Dr. Mike O'Neill talking about the major political, economic, and social issues of the week. KTAR News on 92.3 FM and KTAR.com. The Think Tank. Topic of this week is conspiracy theories. We seem to be swimming in them. We'll talk about a number of these and we will talk about... uh, Uh, what some of the common threads in these conspiracy theories and why we may be awash in them so much right now. Uh, Our our sole guest in this uh, show this week is Jared McDonald-Evoy, and he is a reporter with the Arizona Mirror, which is a good outfit. We've had your editors on in the past, and you're doing good stuff. We'll we'll be sure to give your... Um, publication a plug at the end because uh, uh, the price is right and the journalism is good. Um, I want to start out with uh, talking. First of all, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me on. Well, you've been doing a lot of work on on a variety of things related to conspiracy theories. And that's what caught my attention. That's why you're here. Um, one of the big ones we hear now is uh, QAnon. What is QAnon? Well, uh, it's kind of a difficult question to answer, but I will uh, answer that in the best way I can because QAnon is is kind of a it's it's a bit monolithic. It's a lot of different things. Um, but to sum it up in the the simplest way is that QAnon is a belief that there is this cabal of uh, elite politicians and um, people within elite positions of power that are. Uh, in, involved in this conspiracy to engage in sex trafficking of of young people and are you know satanic pedophiles. That is the most simple way to put it. And that they also control world governments, and they're trying to bring down President Trump. You wrote correct, and that that President Trump is actually a part of you know this consorted effort to to bring down this cabal of pedophiles that, that President Trump is, is you know, there's some, some people who believe that President Trump may be Q himself or that he is working with Q. Uh, there are some people who believe that they are Q. And that, that's kind of what makes QAnon complicated uh, in and of itself uh, because there are so many different, you know, viewpoints of what QAnon is. Some people believe that Q, you know, Q is JFK Jr. alive, you know, that JFK Jr. survived or, uh, and is hiding in a bunker and is is delving out this information. Or there's some people, like I said, that believe that they are Q himself. And uh, to put it in perspective, the FBI has labeled QAnon a domestic uh, terror threat due to its anti-government rhetoric uh, and that associated with many of its follows, followers. Correct. About a, a little over a year ago, the FBI labeled QAnon a domestic terrorism threat uh, due to a lot of the, the anti-government rhetoric that was coming out of the movement. Um, this is actually due in part to uh, something that happened here in Arizona. Um, there was a, an individual who who went on to the Hoover Dam. He had built a, a, a he'd taken his a personal truck of his and, and armored it up with some kind of makeshift armor. He had hundreds of rounds of ammunition in his vehicle. He drove onto the Hoover Dam and was demanding that this Office of Inspector General report be released. And that was related to an investigation. Um, uh, an alleged investigation into to then FBI Director James Comey, um, and that was related to these what are called Q drops. Um, now Q, the person who is purported to be Q, 
releases information onto or used to release information onto a website called 4chan, which is an internet forum. Um, now it's kind of a, a, a kind of a nesting ground for for a lot of these conspiracy groups, isn't it? Correct. 4chan. 4chan. Is, 4chan's where a lot of this stuff kind of festers and, and is is kind of created. It's since now moved to another website called 8coon, which is is far more uh, toxic. It's it's also a, a very much a area where uh, neo Nazis, white supremacy. There's often sometimes child porn posted there, things like that of that nature. Um, Eight Coon has become kind of right, a, child porn, but these are the folks who say that they're against these child sex trafficking rings. Correct. Uh, it's 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 kind of an ironic um, uh, a bit of of information to find out that. A lot of these people that are <laughs> uh, engaged in QAnon find themselves on these forums where, like 4chan, 8coon, and stuff like that, where there's also these other subcultures that exist within these forums that often perpetuate, um, you know, uh, victimhood against, you know, children. Because, you know, places like 4chan, 8coon, and stuff like that, they're often uh, these kind of wild West-type areas of the internet. Well, isn't that really why anything can grow in a place like that? If my understanding of those are correct, on those forums, anybody can post anything and nobody blocks any. You can post something that's just blatantly untrue and there's no corrective mechanism whatsoever. Correct. Um, and that's part of where the Anon part of QAnon comes from, is that when uh, you know Q, the person who alleging to be Q, first posted, he was, you know, on 4chan, everyone who posts is anonymous. And so the person who posted as Q, you know, they would label the end of their post with Q. And so they were Q anon. Their, you know, their posts are anonymous. So they were the, the anon, but they were labeled as Q. So they were Q anon. And the Q is associated with an alleged security clearance that's, you know, top level within the, the government. Supposedly that's the highest clearance there is. is Correct. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I want to talk about how some of this has seeped into Arizona politics. Uh, who who is David Watkins and what's his connection to this and to some Arizona politicians? So David Watkins, he is a, a friend and a former like campaign worker for uh, D uh, Senator David Farnsworth. Uh, he had reached out to me because he he was concerned about a, a text exchange he had had with with Senator Farnsworth. He he had he had run some stuff for Farnsworth. He had worked on his his website. He had worked with him on the Arizona Constitutionalists and some other things. And he reached out to me because he had been texting with, with Senator Farnsworth about QAnon because the two of them had had conversations about this because he had seen a lot of supporters of, of the senator speaking about QAnon. And he wanted to inform the senator about, you know, this is the realities of this, this uh, organization. And when he got in these conversations with Farnsworth, he found out that it, it turned out that Farnsworth was far more um, accepting of this this uh, conspiracy theory and far more into it than he had once you know believed. And so upon finding that out, he reached out to me, you know, and let me know that you know he was concerned that that, that Senator Farnsworth was uh, more into this conspiracy than than anyone had actually known. And so Watkins, being this this campaign official, um, felt that it was you know pertinent for the the public to know. So Watkins. Is 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 part of this conspiratorial belief, or is someone who's concerned about others buying into it? 
he's concerned about others buying into it. He does not believe in the QAnon uh, conspiracy theory at all. Now, the thing that was struck me, and I read your articles on this, you approached Farnsworth and he told you or somebody at the mirror, he didn't know anything at all about QAnon. Yeah, correct. At first, he told me that he didn't know anything about QAnon and until I presented him with the fact that I had seen these text messages. And upon that, he said that, you know, he he knew a little bit about it, but not enough. Um, and he was unaware of the, the FBI, FBI declaring it a, uh, a terror threat, a domestic terror threat. He was unaware of the um, incident on the Hoover Dam. He was unaware of a, a lot of those things. And that was a threat I found you know, when I, I approached other politicians who had, you know, um, shared QAnon content, a lot of people were not aware of these things. They were just aware of, you know, that they had followers that were into QAnon or that they had shared QAnon content or things like that. It seems that, that many people are aware of QAnon, but they are not aware of the depth of what QAnon has become and has been labeled. Did you find that believable? Um, that I don't know what they're doing? Uh, y yes and no. I, I, I believed that he uh, uh, was not aware of the depth of what QAnon is and what it has become. Uh, I did not believe him that he did not know uh, what QAnon was, uh, and hence why I, I pushed him about the text messages, and he ended up somewhat recanting. He's like, yes, I do. I am aware of what QAnon is. Um, and, and, and that's, that's in, in the story um, that is presented. But uh, I, I think that this is something that you see a lot with a lot of people with QAnon is they become, you know, what's it's it's a it's a term that a lot of Q researchers talk about, which is, you know, quote, Q curious. People become curious about the QAnon movement due to one thing or another, whether it's they're they're already advocates against child sex trafficking. So they think, oh, this is a group that is against child sex trafficking. I am against child sex trafficking. Ergo. So, <laughs> Ergo. Ergo, I want to look into this. Um, or I am against corrupt government officials, ergo, this group is, so I want to be in this as well. They don't realize how, what the group is about in its totality. We'll pick up this discussion when we return just a moment in the think tank. on 92.3 FM and KTAR.com. Our guest, our guest is uh, Jared McDonald Evoy, uh, reporter with the Arizona Mirror. We're talking about QAnon, and uh, we were talking about David Farnsworth, the senator, uh, newly elected. Uh, said, well, tell me what other Arizona elected officials have, uh, have, have uh, ties or affinity to QAnon. Well, when I was doing my research, I discovered that uh, Rep Rep Representative uh, but, uh, Kelly Townsend, but she's now Senator-elect Kelly Townsend, she'll actually be replacing um, Senator Farnsworth. She uh, had shared some uh, QAnon content on her Facebook. And uh, when I reached out to her, she was unaware that it was QAnon content. And I also found that she had been following multiple QAnon accounts, high-profile QAnon accounts. 
Um, she told me that she doesn't have an affinity for QAnon and that the the sharing and following of those accounts was purely coincidental um, and that she has does not like QAnon. Now, when you say when you say sharing, does that mean she's read a post and she shares the post, so she's passing on information, or just that she's reading it? So what it was that I found was it was a forty-seven minute long YouTube video, and the the YouTube video was uh, by a QAnon uh, YouTube personality who was it was during the uh, the lockdowns during COVID, uh, and it was about how COVID the lockdowns were. Uh, an attempt to bring about a new world order and that the the pandemic was fake um, and that it was going to, yeah, it was a lot of talk about bringing on a new world order and that the, the pandemic was this fake attempt to bring this on and a lot of talk about how Bill Gates was involved in it and, and things like that, of, of that sort of nature. Um, and uh, so she had shared that saying uh, something to the effect of, I, I believe this might explain a lot. Um, and she had shared that and I, I reached out to her and she said that she she shares things that she finds interesting or she follows accounts that that like her tweets um, and that she has no no affinity towards QAnon and that she only follows accounts that uh, like her tweets or um, she was only slightly interested in the QAnon stuff because she thought that they were, uh, you know, trying to, like I said earlier, they were, they were interested in child sex trafficking, and so was she. We got a couple of minutes left in this segment. The other thing that this QAnon figures in the whole Pizzagate incident in Washington, does it not? It, it does, and it doesn't. It, it ties slightly into it. So Pizzagate uh, predates QAnon slightly. So Pizzagate is tied to the, the DNC email leaks. Um, and out of that, there was this alleged email that, that alleged that there was pizza at some pizzeria in DC. And that led to a conspiracy that, that snowballed and snowballed and snowballed until some people went and, and, and decided to try to uh, investigate this, this pizzeria in Washington, DC, because some people believed that, that uh, John Podesta and Hillary Clinton were involved in keeping um, children trafficked there, partially because there were some some weird paintings on the walls in there that some had like children allegedly in, in uh, um, handcuffs and things like that. So they believed that in the basement of the pizzeria, there was a child sex trafficking dungeon or something. So that led to a man at, at one point storming the pizzeria with guns. So when the QAnon movement came out, um, they found that as further proof of that. And some of the Q drops, I believe, have um, further uh, stoked those fires and Q believers have believed that all of this has, you know, been more proof of that. And the the thing about that 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 uh, made it particularly ridiculous is this child uh, sex ring was supposedly occurring in the basement of the pizzeria. And when this fellow got to the pizzeria, he discovered there was no basement. <laughs> Correct. There was no there was no basement in that pizzeria. And a a quick check of any county assessor or uh, records or of any sort would show that there is no basement in that pizzeria whatsoever. Nor was there a basement in, you know, in, in, in recent history or anything, you know, you could get that from, uh, from uh, assessor, as you said, from assessor records or whatever. And it, it was scary because the guy showed up fully armed and ready to, 
ready to take people out. And it was fortunate that it had a somewhat benign ending because when he got there and he discovered that there uh, there was no such thing there, he gave himself up. But it was it was certainly a scary event for all concerned because the pizzeria was filled with you know parents and kids <laughs> who goes to pizza shops. So. Uh, we'll pick this up uh, after the break, and we're going to talk about some of the rumors about vote integrity and the like, as well as trying to get into sort of generic discussion about what's going on in, in people's head, what, what, makes, uh, what makes these kinds of theories attractive when we return in just a moment in the Think Tank. the nation come the new Jerusalem The Think Tank KTAR News on 92.3 FM and KTAR.com Okay, we are here talking conspiracy theories and the like with reporter Jared McDonald Devoy. And uh, a number of these theories proliferated with respect to the just completed election. One of them in Arizona was labeled Sharpiegate. Let's talk about that one. <laughs> yeah, Sharpiegate. That is one that is still uh, very much proliferating to this day. We uh, had conspiracy notable conspiracy theorist alex jones even come down here and uh give a a rally to the crowd a few times about it he is still his website infowars.com is still spreading a uh a few stories that are getting uh, quite the traction on um social media about this so sharpie gate was and is a conspiracy theory that um sharpies are only invalidating republican ballots um, and, I'd like the, to know how they pull that one off. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the theory is that that um, sharpies were being forced to be used at only Republican precincts or polling places across Arizona. Um, and what I was able to find out in 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 some of my reporting was that that some of the issues are that the sharpies don't exactly invalidate ballots. Well, they don't invalidate ballots at all. Um, Sharpies are the preferred use by the, the tabulator machines at these, these polling places, and that's because the, the ink on the Sharpies dries faster. Ballpoint pens, the ink on ballpoint pens don't dry as fast, and so they're more likely to smudge when going through voting machines, and this can cause errors. They can, they can cause uh, the voting machines to uh, get jammed up because that ink can get into the reading readers and things like that. I, th I think in this particular case, from the reading I've done, there actually is a basis for this, but it's entirely innocent and easily explained. And that is that they bought a bunch of new machines this year for tabulating that are faster. And the old machines, um, they did not recommend the use of Sharpies, but with the new machines, they are, if not, not only okay, but probably preferred. Furthermore, that some of the problem with Sharpies was that the marks might bleed through to the other side. And as you notice, your ballot is a two-sided ballot. And what they did about that is that they 
in arranging the graphical arrangement of the vote, they made sure that uh, a, the um, circle on one side of the ballot did not align with any circle on the other side of the ballot, so that even if it did bleed through, it wouldn't matter because it was not bleeding through to an area that would be counted as a vote. And uh, that uh, the, the, there was, I mean, there were uh, Congressman Paul Gosar, uh, Senator-elect Kelly Townsend, both made a big deal about this. They called for an investigation. Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich, who is a Republican, uh, found, and I quote, use of Sharpie markers did not result in disfranchisement of Arizona uh, voters. He was on Fox uh, yesterday and completely discounted uh, that uh, there was there was really any issue with, with this at all. Correct. The, that was something that I spoke with the election officials about. About I mean, from 1996 until very recently, the voting machines couldn't, uh, you couldn't use Sharpies on, and that, that was an issue. And that was something that they said, you know, this is probably what is causing a lot of the confusion is that you couldn't use Sharpies on your ballots for a long time because of the issues of bleed through and the ballot style, because, you know, if you had used a Sharpie in the past, you know, with the way the ballot style was, you did have, you could possibly have that issue with it uh, overlapping on a vote. But with these new ballots, they won't overlap um, and the, the Sharpies won't have that issue when going through the, these new uh, tabulating machines. New machines, uh, and they're sensitive to that in terms of the graphical layout of the vote. They, they make the, even if it does bleed through, it bleeds through to a non-countable part of the backside of the ballot. Correct. Which but, just means they got to be careful in the layout. But that's not even the only conspiracy theory. There's been multiple other ones. There's been um, some that have said that, uh, that there's California, um, uh, volunteers going in and, and, and counting ballots, which is, is patently false because that would be illegal. Um, under Arizona law, you have to be a, um, uh, Arizona resident to count, count and, uh, volunteer to count and ballots in Arizona. There was a conspiracy theory that there were no Republicans in there observing ballots being counted. That was proven to be false. Um, one of the people that was saying that was actually Representative Kelly Townsend. She was going out there saying that, that there were no Republican um, observers within the room. Uh, GOP uh, chairman, Arizona GOP chairman, chairwoman Kelly Ford had to come out and, and say that, no, that there are uh, Republican attorneys in the room right now watching. Uh, there was another conspiracy theory that was going around that the, uh, the, there were trucks arriving at the Maricopa County Elections Department uh, giving out ballots, giving boxes of ballots into the, the uh, elections department. But those, those vans were actually the media vans, and they were members of the, the, the national media. And people were saying that they were boxes of ballots because they had California plates. Well, they had California plates because they were rented from California. <laughs> or they were from California. Yeah, they were stringers from California. Yeah. One of them was an NBC, a national NBC journalist. And he, he created a video and he was trying to show the people, no, this is my box of GoPros or my camera equipment. But no, they just kept videotaping and saying, no, those are boxes of ballots. Those are boxes of ballots. And it's no, the, that that was this camera equipment. And, that's, and it, it was a line of parking that said media parking reserved only. But People then started saying, no, it's the media helping, and the media is helping deliver ballots for the Democrats. So the conspiracy theories just keep coming, 
out of this this cycle and it's it's been quite exhausting in a way keeping up with some of these election conspiracies i watched that i watched that video of the ms uh, nbc reporter and he opened up his van and you looked in there and it was filled with a bunch of cameras yeah um yeah Another one was people got upset when their ballot, you, you recall this, when their ballot status showed that their ballot is canceled? Correct. The canceled ballot, um, a lot of uh, people were saying that this meant that their ballot was was uh, invalidated uh, due to the Sharpies. That was a one thing I was seeing a lot on social media. Many people were saying that they voted with Sharpie, they checked their ballot status and it said canceled, and this meant that their ballot was invalidated. This actually meant, uh, according to Secretary of State's office, and a lot of other elections officials, this meant that you got an, a ballot in the mail uh, or you requested a ballot in the mail, but what actually happened was you went and voted in person instead of voting by mail. So your, in, your mail-in ballot vote was canceled. So you're, that's what that status meant. It meant that the status of your mail-in ballot was canceled and not that your vote was canceled, but your mail-in ballot was canceled. In other words, you can only vote once, which is a very good thing. <laughs> Correct. It's <laughs> it's a check to make sure that you're only voting once and that 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 other ballot is being canceled. And and many people were being told that in person um, at the polling stations. That was another thing that was being spread. There were videos of people being saying, oh, I was told that my vote was canceled. And those those videos were going viral. Yeah, and your second vote was canceled. <laughs> I, I probably could have used a different phrase in describing that. You know, they probably could have their text probably could have said something like we've already received your live vote and therefore your mail in vote won't. Uh, If you do both, it's I guess the live vote is the one that counts. Correct. And it's it's uh, it may be an issue further down the line of messaging that may be needed to be talked about. They probably could have used different phraseology. But, you know, earlier on, they were they were I mean, they were complaining that, oh, that's the problem with mail is that you can vote twice. Well, this essentially essentially responded to that because people were having that extra vote canceled, probably bad phraseology. Uh, should probably should have said something like, you know, we've already counted your vote, so so the second one has been set aside or something like that. But um, uh, I guess if you're out, I, I don't know, what's the lesson of this? Is, is if you're out to smell a conspiracy, you're going to be able to find one no matter what somebody does? Uh, I think the, the major lessons here are are that, that one, um, messaging and making sure that people understand the the processes of our our government um are are key um uh and, and just making sure people understand i think that one of the things i notice is just that a lot of people don't know how the elections process works they don't know you know what happens with their ballots um and how to watch the ballot counting process and once you start educating people about those things i think it eases a lot of concerns and then the second thing is that, you know, if people are looking for a conspiracy, they'll find it no matter what, even if you do give them that truth. And sometimes there's there's kind of like a kernel of something in this truth. For example, I remember sitting there, I I voted by mail and I I thought about using the Sharpie and then I remembered, oh, your Sharpies are bad. So I used a ballpoint pen. Now, it turns out, I guess I was wrong in that, but they're obviously they're going to count the one with the ballpoint pen. And furthermore, 
they say that if if they if the ballot gets rejected because they can't read, then they then they do a hand entry of that. So it'll get counted one way or the other. It'll just gum up the process and it'll require a little bit longer because it requires some some manual intervention. But uh, the vote's going to get counted regardless. Well, you can use a ballpoint pen on mail-in ballots because mm -hmm. the ink has a, enough time to dry. Uh, the reason they just don't use ballpoint pens at the polling places is because the ballpoint pen ink just takes too long to dry and is a, has a very high likelihood of smudging. Okay, we will return in a minute and we'll try to make some sense. What's the common themes in these? Are Americans more prone to believe these kinds of theories than people elsewhere in the world? Or is this a world phenomena? We'll, we'll try to wrap this when we return after the break in the Think Tank. The Think Tank. KTAR News on 92.3 FM and KTAR.com. We are talking about conspiracy theories and the like. We've talked about QAnon, a whole bunch of theories that are out there that the election's been stolen. By the way, nobody has yet presented a scintilla of evidence for any of these. 50 state election officials have all said we have seen no evidence of fraud in this election. Um, there have been a host of... Uh, legal challenges in a whole bunch of different courtrooms, all of which were immediately tossed for lack of evidence. So if there's evidence of this at this point, let somebody present it. That's what the courts are, are, are there for. And that's why we count all the votes. But I want to sort of bridge this discussion. I, I read all this, and in one sense, I see nothing new under the sun. There's a very famous exercise uh, uh, essay by Richard Hofstadter, a historian who wrote this in 1963. The, the article was entitled The Paranoid Style in American Politics. And a lot of this seems very reminiscent. You can take paragraphs out of his essay and superimpose them on some of today's accusations. And it looks like a very similar thing. Some have argued that the only thing that may have evolved is that there is a Hofstadter presumed that there was a collective we, people who uh, approach things from a calm understanding and encompassing middle ground. And some have suggested that, you know, we're so divided that the only thing that's in question is whether or not there is a rational middle anymore, if it ever existed in the first thing. But it sure seems to me like the uh, degree of conspiratorial thinking has escalated uh, and that that involves, among other things, and this is perhaps the most disturbing part of it, a blanket distrust of information that comes from expert sources. So the culprits in this are not just politicians of a different stripe, but it's people like Anthony Fauci, a absolutely renowned a uh, medical doctor who has served in the civil service under pre every president from Ronald Reagan, who never before had any of his work questioning. Uh, what say you, Gerald? Yeah, I, I, I read that um, as well. And I, I think that it, it, it was very interesting to read that, that you saw shades of, of even QAnon within that uh, the, the even back way back then that there was these conspiracies of of a, a cabal of, of 
of people that were were trying to subvert the government in all sorts of 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 fashions. It's it's fascinating that we we almost have these cycles of conspiratorial thinking that seem to happen. I mean, you you go back and and you look at even present day society with conspiracies, right? We have when you look at at things like QAnon uh, when you look at QAnon, one of the main things within it is there's a a, a subversive a, a, a subtext of it, which is the the Freemasons, right? The Freemasons are a big part of that conspiracy. That's um, something that I find interesting. And that goes we, back historically. That's not a new thing. Correct. The, the Freemason conspiracies go back to the 18th century. Um, and that's one of the oldest conspiracy theories in the book. Um, and it's something that has, has never really left us. And the, the kind of interesting thing about that is that the, that conspiracy theory has been used to scapegoat people from um, uh, of the Jewish faith um, to to people yeah, of a lot the, of these the have anti-Semitic undertones. Not all, but a lot of them have anti-Semitic elements. Correct, um, and it's it's something I find interesting that we have these these cycles of major conspiracy theories. I I think that that there is something new to this certain uh, wave of conspiracy theories, and I think that you know there's been a lot of talk that that. The internet has something to do with it, and I, I believe when I spoke to um, this, there's this uh, professor in Miami named Joe, Joseph Yusinski. He 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 doesn't really have a a, a big belief that um, that the internet has a major role to play because when you think about back in 1975, uh, more than like I believe it was 70% of the United States believed in some form of a JFK conspiracy theory. The internet didn't exist back then. And you had a massive conspiracy theory belief that JFK was assassinated by, you know, uh, some other form of, you know, person other than Lee Harvey Oswald. And the internet didn't exist back then. So how do we account for Well, the internet doesn't explain it all. It might be an accelerator. But the JFK case is an interesting one. I think, first of all, uh, it, it is true that the government could have been more forthright and that the Warren Commission was sloppy. That doesn't mean that the conspiracy theories are right. That means the government was sloppy. But an interesting element of that is I've, I've read pieces that suggest that people can't handle the fact that anything so dramatic in his impact could possibly have been the responsibility of a single lone gunman. And contrast that for a second with the shooting of Ronald Reagan which no one has suggested a conspiracy about. And the suggestion of the difference is that Reagan lived. And, but, but the crazy thing about that is had the Ronald Reagan shooter aimed his pistol by about one degree in a different direction, Ronald Reagan would have been hit through the heart and died instantly. So, so, you know, and in one case, the president dies, that's a big thing, but but if Oswald, that suggests if Oswald had missed, nobody would have had any trouble accepting it was a lone gunman. Correct. And I think that that gets to maybe the heart of what is at issue with conspiracy theories. And I think this is something that some psychologists have even talked about, which is that conspiracy theories are a way for a lot of people to grasp at and make sense of major events and major issues. It's a way for us to make more sense of something we don't understand to get an, a better understanding of chaos. 
uh, and I, that's good. Good point. Where I was going to, I was going to get to that. That that is so problematic. They cannot accept there are things in the world that are random. There are such a things as accidents. There, there is such a thing as happenstance, and it's hard for some people to believe that things with huge consequence can be the result of that. Yeah, and I think that maybe in this current world, especially in 2020, you know, and we're seeing you know 120% surges in Facebook groups with people joining QAnon. I think that especially right now with COVID and everything, that that is a big reason why we're seeing such surges in a lot of conspiratorial thinking. I, so I so I think the point I'd make, the final point on on it with respect to the internet, I don't think you you I think you make a fair point. The internet didn't cause, you know, obviously the JF Kennedy uh, JFK. Uh, conspiracies, but had that occurred in the internet era, it could have been an accelerator. We certainly, it brings people together who can isolate in ways that their their opinions can resonate with one another, but we're out of time. And I want to thank you, uh, Gerald McAvoy, uh, and uh, we will we'll return next week in the Think Tank for another episode. Wake the nation Come The new Jerusalem